Then the word of the Lord came to him, talking about Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Remember that. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, and, and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and, and die. Elisha said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do what you have said. But first, make me a small loaf of bread from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. You know, this text is just, it's sad. You're talking about a widow in dire situation, but this text is also very straight. You have the prophet of God, not just a false prophet, but you have the prophet Elijah asking this widow to give of her last. I mean, what, why would he ask her to do such a crazy, hard thing? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Right now in front of all these people, God, I just reminded of just how loved I am. But not just for me, God, I pray right now that you will remind every single person underneath the sound of my voice how loved and how treasured and how known and how seen, God, they are by you. I am praying, God, that you would let them know that you know the details of their lives, that they may be going through a hard time, a hard season, but that you're with them and that you're for them. God, what a privilege it is to get to speak to your people. You know I don't take it lightly. And God, I thank you for it. And God, I'm asking for a special favor. I am. I pray with all the Mother's Day meals, Lord God, loaded with carbs and calories. I pray that you'll remove those calories and that you'll remove those carbs, but don't remove the taste. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. High five somebody. Tell them. Today's going to be good. I'll high five myself. Today is going to be good. Today is going to be good. Now, if this is your first time tuning into Destiny Church Online, we welcome you. We've been in a series titled Into the Unknown. And I mean, that's the season that we're in right now, right? We're experiencing seemingly the unknown and we're about to go into the unknown. And we have been just getting a whole bunch of truth as to how to navigate this season and the season that's next. If you've missed any part of it, I mean, the preaching has just been fantastic. Go on YouTube and get the rest of it. It's going to be great. And so today is Mother's Day, everybody. And I know, I know this day comes with a host of emotions. There's some that are experiencing just the best days. They're getting flowers. They're getting coffee. They're getting, you know, um, breakfast in bed. And they're enjoying it. Like, shout out to my sister. She just gave birth to my niece, Victoria. So she's celebrating her very first Mother's Day. A.B., you are amazing. I'm sorry, but the baby looks just like Pat. So go figure that. You know what? You carry these children for nine months, 10 months, and then they end up looking like their fathers. What is that? Let's move on. But I know some people are celebrating it's the best of times, and yet still other people, it's just the worst of times. You know, this day you're just reminded of how you miss your loved one. Maybe your loved one has passed away. And especially for the men, you may not be super expressive. You may not be crying or anything like that, but today you just miss them more than usual. 
You miss the conversations or you miss their food. Or maybe you're a woman wanting to be a mom. And so with every Mother's Day, this longing just grows more and more. And then this day just sits a little bit different. Wherever you are, please know I'm praying God's peace and God's strength your way. You know, I've titled this message, I Can Do Hard Things. I can do hard things. Why? Because in life, hard things come. Hard times come, making hard decisions, they just come. Even if you're not wanting to find them, hard things come, and that's just a part of life. But with God, we can accomplish these hard things. You know, you're not going to talk to me for more than five minutes before you hear my love for food. Not really love for food as much as love for restaurants. I know, I know. There was a meme that a friend actually sent me. He said, check on your friends that normally go to restaurants. We're not doing all right. And we're not doing all right. I don't know if anybody else is just super sad to all the foodies and all the people that appreciate restaurants. I'm here for you. But I find going to restaurants, even if it's takeout, I find making the entree decision the most difficult decision in the world. Why? There's so much, so much that you have to consider in this like quantum physics equation. What do you have to consider? First of all, did you work out? Sometimes I stretch it out. Did I work out that day or did I work out that week? Because if I worked out, then that means I can splurge a little bit on the entree, you know? Or you have to decide, what's my husband getting? Or what's your boyfriend or your fiance getting? And for all of you men out there that think it's appropriate to get the same thing as your date, you're dead wrong. You are just wrong and you need to stop that bad habit. We have gone to this restaurant so that we can divide and conquer, taste all of the menu, taste and see. And then you want to get the same thing as me? No. You tell me, no, well, if you like it, order it yourself. I like yours, and I like mine too. Anyway, let's move on. You have to decide what is your husband getting. Then you have to decide what do they have for dessert, because some restaurants, they specialize in dessert. So if the dessert is super decadent, you have to be a little bit more conservative for the entree. Do you see what I'm saying? Making decisions is hard. It's difficult. The entree decision is not that easy. And you might be there saying, you know what, that's my soul sister. She gets me, and I do. And there's some of you saying, you're crazy. And you know what? I can see how you got there. But listen, making decisions is hard for everyone. So I'm going to give you a couple of decisions for you to make right now on the spot. And you can say to the person next to you, or you can just drop it up in the chat real quick. Just give me your responses really quick. You can't even think about it that much. Okay, question number one. Would you rather be married to a 10 in looks with a bad personality or a six in looks with an amazing personality? Come on. 10 in looks with a bad personality or six in looks with an amazing personality? Mandela, what is it? Ten. He said he's going with the 10. Exactly, because you have to look at them every single day, right? Ex personalities are not good enough. Good personalities are not. I like that. I like that. Okay, would you rather live without hot water for showers and baths or live without a washing machine? Hot water for showers and baths or live without a washing machine? Come on, Sierra. Happy Mother's Day. Without a washing machine? Girl, you can wash your clothes in the tub. No, there's some people that actually do loads every single day. I don't know. That's a hard one. Let me know your thoughts. Okay, would you rather never use social media sites again or never watch another movie or TV show. Social media, social people are saying social media. 
You say that, but what does your phone say? How much time do you actually spend on social media? Okay, would you rather be constantly tired no matter how much you sleep or constantly hungry no matter how much you eat? Come on, make the decision. Some of you are like, I'm constantly tired and I'm constantly hungry. I don't know how to help you. <laughs> but what would you rather do? It's told you. Truth is making hard choices are just that. They're hard. They're part of life. But we can handle whatever hard thing God has asked us to do. If you go back in the text, the widow, she is minding her own business. Now, her business is a sad business. She is very poor and um, she's gathering sticks so she can go have a meal and die with her son. That's what's happening. Hard times, right? And then she gets interrupted with the prophet Elijah that says, okay, that sounds like a good plan, but before you do that, go ahead and from your lack, make me some bread. Is that, is it just me or is it just strange? By the way, whenever you're reading your Bible and you find something strange, there's a point, that's a point for you to pause there and to ask the Lord, what is going on? I'm like, this is so strange. Why would the prophet ask her to do such a thing? But the Bible says just a few verses early, in verse 9 actually, it said that the Lord had told Elijah to go to Zarephath. He said that he had directed. Another version says that he had commanded a widow to provide for him. So what's happening here now is that Elijah is just going at God's word. He is going confidently at God's word, what God said, because we know what God says comes to pass. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. God's words, they accomplish everything they set forth. It has creative ability. Once he said it, that's it. It's not going to return to him. Oh, so what has he said to you? What has he said to you? Are you confident about it? Are you going forth with boldness with it? Elijah was asking this widow for food and she just told him that she was gathering sticks so she may die. I imagine that maybe when the Lord told Elijah that he was going to go to Zarephath, there's a widow that's going to provide, I imagine he probably thought that maybe the widow was going to be wealthy because there are wealthy widows out there. So maybe he thought it was going to, he was going to have his needs provided for in a certain type of way. But here he encounters a poor widow. Listen, when God says something, he means it. It may not happen the way we expect, but once he said it, it's going to come to pass. And guess what's going to come in a way, again, that you may not expect, but it's going to come to pass. I believe, I believe that there are setups that the Lord has for you. I believe in divine favor. I believe he has directed some people to come and help you along the way. You may not think it's going to happen a certain way, but God promised you something, and let me encourage you, it is going to come to pass. I believe there's going to be just a list of names, and your name's going to be on it, and someone's going to see your name and say, hmm, I want to help this person. I want to give my client list to this person. Hmm, I want to fast forward this person. Why? Because you are favored by the Most High God. You are chosen. He said some things to you. And let me encourage you, it's going to come to pass. So back to the story. Here are some facts that the widow had to consider. First of all, she was poor. Po. Po. Like she was poor. And she had a son to consider. 
And this Jewish stranger who didn't really mix with her people was asking her to give of her lack. Why would God even ask her to do something like this? This crazy hard thing. Have you ever felt as if God was asking you to do something hard? <sighs> to tithe when you don't even know how you're going to pay the rest of your bills. <laughs> to stay in a marriage when your needs aren't being met. To start a business in the middle of a pandemic. For me, I remember it was to forgive and to forgive a stranger that had murdered someone that I love. Why would God ask, ask me to do that? The same reason he's asking you to do it. Hard choices, hard decisions, hard times are always to bless us. Always to bless us. Always to bless us. And we can. We can make these hard decisions. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 11, this command I am giving you today, it's not too difficult for you. Some of you say, I can't make this decision. Yes, you can. The Bible just said it. This command is not too difficult for you. And it is not beyond your reach. Church, we are anointed to do hard things. It's in the hard things that we just experience God like never before. It's in the hard things, hard times that he reveals himself to us. And God wants to reveal himself to you on the other side of this. On the other side of what? You might be experiencing financial struggle. God wants to reveal himself as provider. You might be in a relationship battle with someone. Someone close in your family. Listen, God wants to reveal himself as restorer. You might have a sickness that's consuming your body, or maybe not you, but someone else that you care about. You can't sleep, you can't think. God wants to reveal himself as healer. Listen, you might be experiencing perhaps not anything bad, because oftentimes we don't have a lot of things bad going on, but if you were to be honest, you can't even point to something that's supernaturally good either. Listen, God wants to reveal himself as good, as your father, in hard times. In hard seasons, God always wants to reveal himself to you in ways perhaps you've never experienced or oftentimes for me, it's, it's in ways that I've forgotten. Because don't we have the memory of a gnat? I don't, by the way, I don't know how, how much a gnat <laughs> remembers. But sometimes we just forget. Life just happens and continues to happen and continues to happen and we just forget how good our God is. But right now, right now in this moment, he's reminding you of how good he is. He's reminding you of how faithful he is. He's reminding you that he has done it before and he hasn't left you or forsaken you. He's here with you. And this hard time, this hard season is just a season. Another page is going to turn. God is faithful and he's asking you to trust him. If you go back to the story, the story continues with Elijah telling this widow, say, hey, if you do this, if you provide for me from your lack, God is going to provide for you. God is going to provide for you. And guess what? She had a choice to make. And she decided, she decided to trust the word of the Lord for her life and as promise. Because God's word doesn't return void. As promised, church. She was richly provided for. 
More than that, she ended up experiencing this amazing, amazing miracle. Listen, I want everything to be roses. I do. I'm such a sap. I want everything to be perfect. I mean, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. I want that for you. I do. I really, really do. I don't like when people hurt. I don't like it. But I understand that in the hard times, the Bible says, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. The Bible says that trials are going to come. I understand that when they come, that this is an opportunity for us to trust God like never before. This is an opportunity for God to just reveal himself to us like never before. And it's always to bless us. The hard times, the hard seasons are always to bless us. God wants to bless you. You may say, this is so hard. This season sucks. I understand. But God wants to bless you. He really does. So if you're taking notes, I want you to consider these different things in the hard times. One is that easy things are hard. Easy things are hard. Okay, so confession. We are potty training Roman. Roman just turned two about like two weeks ago and stuff. We're potty training him and it's the worst. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just the worst. I know I heard that training boys, potty training boys are a little bit more difficult, but it's just the worst. And he is a lot. Like we tell him, you know, Roman, go potty. It's time to go potty. And he's just like, no, no, mommy, I don't want to. I'm like, Roman, go potty right now. And I take him to the potty. And normally his sister, my Zoe, she's three years old and she liked being in the potty. She would sit there and make music, make songs and stuff like that. She would just sit there happy, go lucky, Roman, go potty. And he's there for a few seconds. No, 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 I don't want to. And then he smiles at me. And if you know my boy, he has like the biggest dimples in the whole wide world. And then he just smiles at me. And he just looks up at me and I'm like, ah, I believe you. And then he goes back to terrorizing his, his sister. And I'm like, and of course, what happens next? There's a big mess. And I'm like, what is with this kid and this inner rebellion? Why didn't you just do what you knew that you need to do? Just stay in the potty, pee, and get out. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I'm sorry, it's getting a little bit up there in the moment. The Bible says, Romans 7, 15, I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I can't. See, it's not just two-year-olds, it's us. I do what I don't want to what I hate. Can anybody relate? Can anybody, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's a nice day outside. There's a nice breeze outside. And you say, you know, I should go run. I'm trying to be healthy. Quarantine's not going to make me look like Miss Piggy. Like I'm going to go out and I am going to run. And then what happens? You eat the whole pie. You wanted to go work out. You knew that you should, you had the time. It wasn't raining, nothing. But then you ate the pie. Or you know what? You know, I'm going to celebrate my teenager a little bit more. I'm going to celebrate them. I need to speak life. You know, I need to speak life. Speak it. And so you start, you, that's what you want to do. And then what happens? You start yelling at them. It's not what you want to do. It's just what you, what you happen to do. Our reflexive decisions are often not in line with God's nature. It's just not. We are sinful people at the core, but don't get discouraged and don't beat yourself up because we're all looking more like Jesus every single day. We are all looking, like, you know what? I, <laughs> I just randomly just thought of me sleeping on the couch. While my husband and I, we watch TV. That's how we, I guess, veg out and just decompress after a long day. And so my husband's always like, okay, you're starting to fall asleep. Go upstairs before you fall asleep on the couch. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not falling asleep. And he was like, no, please get up. Let's go, go to sleep. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm not falling asleep. But sure enough, two minutes later, I am knocked out. And he knows now, after years of marriage, not to wake me up. Because if he wakes me up, 
I am super aggressive. I know you can't tell, but I am just aggressive, like, don't wake me up. And he said, fine, I'm not going to wake you up. So then he leaves me, and I wake up, like, you know, like, in the middle of the night, and I have a crick in my neck. I'm like, why did I fall asleep just mad? Anybody else fall asleep on the couch when you know you should? You know you should go upstairs. You, you're starting to feel, but you're just, you just don't want to. It's the inner rebellion, church. It's the inner <laughs> rebellion. It's something so easy, but yet we don't do it. Y'all remember the easy button from Staples? You're supposed to hit it when you do something um, difficult, it automatically becomes easy, right? I wish life was like that. Because a lot of the things that we come across, they're inherently easy, yet somehow they're not. We get in our head a little bit. For example, talking to your spouse after an argument is easy. I'm just going to pause there for a second, isn't it? You just had an argument. You know the godly thing to do is to talk to them because when you don't talk to them, silence happens and the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, just starts to talk a little bit and start to narrow that no good. Da -da 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 -da. You know what I'm talking about? It's easy to move your lips, isn't it? It's easy, just talk, but yet we don't do it. We don't do it. What else is easy? Staying in the house right now in this season, it's easy, isn't it? All we have to do, church, is stay in the house. We don't have to do anything. Just stay in the house. Stay. Don't go anywhere. Easy. Why is it so hard? Mandela, why is it so hard? He, 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 doesn't, he's, he doesn't know. Why is it so hard to stay in the house? Joining a connect group when you feel lonely, it's easy. Mm, I said it. It's so easy, isn't it? You don't even have to, oh yeah, but I'm busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I understand it. Okay. You don't have to drive anywhere anymore. You don't even have to fully get dressed, everybody. All you have to do is join a Zoom call right there in your PJs. Join a Zoom call. Why? Because community is important. We know it. We know it. But these easy things are hard because, again, we get into our head and we start to overthink it. And our sinful nature really rises up. You know, there's a story. And one of my favorite stories, a story about um, Naaman. He's a Syrian commander, and he has leprosy, which is like a skin, this crazy skin disease. And he goes to the prophet Elisha to have him heal him. So Elisha tells him, all you need to do is just dip in some not-so-nice water, and then you'll be healed. We pick up the story in 2 Kings 5. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured. You know, we have some complicated, complex situations, yet God has given us some easy solutions as to how to remedy it. God's not complicated as us. We are. We complicate everything. I complicate everything. All in all, when you feel like, here's some simple things. When you feel like panicking, pray. When you feel like worrying, worship. All he's saying is come and bring it to me. Yet we, we just don't. We get in our head and our sinful nature just says you don't need to. You're okay. You're fine. This is too complicated. Prayer is really not going to take care of this. And you try to, <laughs> you get in your head and you try to make the solution yourself. You're smart, but you're not as smart as he is. You're good, but you're not that good. 
Listen, I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to myself right now. Sometimes the easy things are the hardest to do. But yet when we do them, it brings forth just a great, great reward. The other day, I was just feeling overwhelmed. I'm one of those that I, when I hear a sad story, I feel it. And so when things are going on, especially now in this season, like I just, I was feeling it mixed with a lot of other stuff that was happening in the family. And so this one particular day, I was just feeling overwhelmed and just, just a lot, just heavy. And I just felt the Lord just in the heart. It wasn't audible or anything. Zai. No, it wasn't anything like that. But it was just this knowing, hey, this is becoming a lot. Come and worship. So I was taking a shower, and I'm like, okay, fine, I need to worship. What do I do? And by the way, if you're ever in the season, don't pick a really sad, like, really sad song. Don't do that. Pick something upbeat to lift your spirit up a little bit. So I'm in the shower, and I'm just starting to dance a little bit. Just a two-step, not anything major. And I remember singing Echo. In every season, you keep repeating. You won't be my strength. And I don't know all the words because shout out to production team. They make all the words sound easy. So I'm repeating just random words and I just started singing. What I, I knew that I was singing to the Lord, that he's attracted to my praise. So as I started singing, his presence was coming. And the Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So I just started singing, singing, and singing. I, start, it was, I was crying in the beginning of it. But at the end of that worship time, I was so relieved. I was dancing. You couldn't tell the difference if I was Torrin Wells or Michael Jackson. I mean, I was going for it. And I got to tell you, at the end of that worship time, you know what happened? I felt better. I felt better. Not a better singer, but I felt better. <laughs> the Lord came and he met me. It's something so simple just to worship him. When you feel like worrying, worship, the Bible says this in Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear. Easy. Easy. And the burden I give you is light. Easy things are hard, but with God, all things are possible. The second is waiting for God is hard. Waiting for God is hard. You know, I like to cook. I really do. And there has to be a strong addendum in that I like to cook uh, 30 minutes or less, thank you very much, and five ingredients or less. Yes. And some of you, what? That don't sound right. It doesn't take all that, in my opinion. And if it does, then we're going to order out. Or rather, we're going to order in, shelter in. Okay, I'm here all day, folks. But before, before that, my hus before my husband and my kids, I was a microwave fan. I microwaved everything because waiting for food to cook it, some recipes to stir and to simmer, simmer. You think I have time to simmer? No, I don't have time to simmer. Put this in the microwave and pop it out. You know, I heard, I heard once that we live in a microwave society in that we want everything supersonic fast and we will take a decrease in quality if it's guaranteed for us to have it, you know, next day shipping. And that sounds a little bit intense, microwave society, we want everything super fast. But if you look at my Amazon or my Wayfair account, you'd probably say that I believe the same thing. There's some things, a lot of things that I said, this is the best, but it's going to come a little bit longer. So I'm going to go with the next best or the least best so that I can get it next day shipping. And don't mess with my next day shipping, by the way. You know, the Lord is testing me in this season. All the delayed packages, everybody. Anybody else upset? 
Anybody else upset? Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but it seems like now more than ever, we're, we're waiting, waiting for packages, waiting for COVID-19 to end on top of waiting for some of the other prayers and some of the other desires that we have. Church, the truth is, we're gonna spend a lot of our lives waiting. Because whatever we want, as soon as we get it, we're gonna want something else and we're gonna start to wait for it. So waiting is gonna take a huge chunk of our lives. It's just the truth. Nothing just happens instantly. I do believe in instant miracles. I do believe that oftentimes God doesn't work that way. So again, a lot of this life is gonna be waiting. Waiting, 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 waiting. I hate waiting. I don't like it. But if we don't know how to manage waiting, we're, gonna, we're setting ourselves up to be miserable for the rest of our lives. Because again, we're gonna be waiting for most of our lives. The Bible says in John 10:10 10, 10, that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, to the, till it overflows. If we're gonna be waiting for most of our lives, then I believe we should be waiting happy. Christ didn't die for us to spend most of our times angry, sad, jealous, having pity parties. And a lot of us, when we're waiting for God to move, that's how we are, complaining. Oof, I'm talking about myself. I am talking about myself. Again, I'm not a farmer. I want my harvest yesterday. I want it now, I really do. I do not like to wait, I don't appreciate it, but I understand that how we must wait. In the way we may not feel as if God's there, but we need to know that he's there, that he's working, that he's working, he's working on our behalf. We need, a, and this knowledge, it takes us beyond our feelings. This knowledge to know that God's plan is actually good. Again, that he's, these plans are to prosper us, to give us hope in the future. And when we're waiting, it doesn't mean that his plans have stopped or derailed. It doesn't. But how should we wait? The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, and by the way, this is my worst, or not my worst, my least favorite verse. Oftentimes people ask me what my favorite verse is. This is not it. Don't put this on a mug and send it to me because I am not going, I'm going to break it by accident. But Galatians 6, 9, it says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, while we wait, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. My goodness, my God. Not grow weary in doing good while we wait. So while we wait, we're supposed to be serving, we're supposed to be doing things. How long should we be waiting? How long is that due season? I wish the Lord could tell us, you know, Hey, I want you to wait for your husband for five years and fifth year on the third month of the second day. What's going to happen? You're going to meet him at the grocery store. Wouldn't you be happy? Of course you would be. But God oftentimes doesn't work like that. And while we wait, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be serving. We're not supposed to give up. We're supposed to not grow weary and doing good. You know, back to the widow, our mom, I wonder how long she was waiting. I wonder how long she was waiting for things to get better. I wonder how long ago her husband passed. You know, in a drought, it's hard. And you know, as a widow, she's probably begging for food, but in a drought, everyone's affected. So even the wealthy probably stopped giving her as much food or stopped helping out. I wonder how long she had been suffering. I really do. 
But yet with men, when the prophet Elijah came and asked her for this request, she still gave and she gave out of the lack. Listen, let's get into her head a little bit. I believe that she was used to doing good because exact, listen to me now, because if you're not used to doing good, if you, haven't, if you haven't flexed that generosity muscle a lot, when a crazy request like that comes up, you're gonna go instinctively, your nature is gonna be, no thanks. Do you see me how I am trying to get like the little gather sticks from my, from my um, son so that we can go and die? But I believe that she was, the Bible doesn't say this, but I just believe that she was used to doing good. Maybe she was known in her town for doing good. She was used to doing it. That's why when the prophet asked her, it wasn't so strange for her to give. Yes, there was a trust aspect, but she was used to doing it. She hadn't grown weary. Church, let's not grow weary in doing good. God sees everything. The Bible says that he sees in secret, and so he's going to reward us openly. I believe maybe she was so used to doing it that God said, oh, my goodness, I want to bless that woman. I want to bless that widow. I want to bless her. And guess what? I just want to let you know because some of you have been doing good for such a long time. And you feel as if no one knows, especially moms. You know, we would give of our last. We will give from our lack for our children or for those that we care about. And let me encourage you, the Lord sees. He has seen every sacrifice. He has seen every tear. He's seen you tired as I don't know what, but go to that second job and that third job. He has seen you. And guess what? If you do not lose hope, if you do not lose heart, he is going to reward you. I believe a reward is coming. I believe the harvest is coming. The Lord told me, I just know right now someone is on the verge of giving up. Someone is tired. Someone's saying, I've been doing this for too long and I don't get any recognition. And I want to let you know that the Lord, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, him, he sees you. He knows you. He is going to reward you. He is going to reward you. Do not lose hope. Do not lose heart. The Lord is coming. And when he comes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you better get that package. You better start dancing. And let me tell you, he's going to give you a reward that is bigger than you ever thought possible. Waiting for God is hard. But with God, all things are possible. The last thing is this. Showing yourself grace is hard. Showing yourself grace is hard. My goodness. Let me tell you, I, um, there's many, there are many women, many people that like to clean. They really do. I'm not one of those. I, I know, confession hour. I'm just not one of, I like a clean home. I really do, but I don't like to clean. Now, I will do it begrudgingly, but I will do it because I know the house needs to be clean. But the other day, I was vacuuming, and I just realized, like, who, who's actually doing the hard work here? Me or the vacuum cleaner? Because I have to turn it on, and I have to move it, and I'm still trying to get the lines right. You know, those that like the lines, I still don't know how to do it. But I'm like, who's doing the hard work here, me or the vacuum cleaner? And I was just reminded that it's honestly the vacuum cleaner that's probably doing the lot work. It's the one that's suctioning everything, everything the kids accidentally or intentionally drop on the floor, everything that Mango, dead or alive, brings into the house. Like, it's the vacuum cleaner that's actually doing the hard work. And let me tell you, a lot of us are doing hard things. We are. We're working hard, but truth be told, it's, it's the Lord that's doing the hard thing. It's him. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. God's power is in us. We are anointed to do hard things. The Bible says the same power that rose Christ up that third day lives inside of us. 
there is greater than us than in us and the world. We are powerful beings. And the Bible has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. He said, nothing by no means shall harm you. He has said these things. We are powerful. We are anointed to do hard things because it's the Lord in us that's making it possible. It's the Lord in us that's making it possible. But even though we're anointed to do hard things, I find sometimes the most difficult thing See, I find sometimes the most difficult thing is telling him we can't. Surrendering that thing. Saying, God, I don't know how to. I don't know the right decision to make. I don't know what you want from me. Well, this is just too hard. I've been doing this too long. It's just really surrendering. But surrender looks like grace. Rather, grace looks like surrender. Some of us are carrying things that we weren't intended to carry. The burden is too heavy. We've picked up some things that God never intended us to. Showing yourself grace looks like bringing it to the Lord, saying, God, this is too hard. I'm remembering Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, just faced with what was to come. It was hard. He was going to (laughs) die. But the weight of the world, the sin of the world on him, it was hard. The Bible says that he was sweating blood. And he said, Father, this is hard. If it's possible, please let this cup of suffering pass for me. But not my will, your will. What was that? It was an act of surrender. And listen, Jesus was 100% God, but he was 100% man. So he sympathizes with our weakness. Showing yourself grace really just means bringing it to him, saying, hey, God, I surrender to you. I want to. I want to do things, but this is just too much. You are not weak for surrendering it to the Lord. In fact, you are strong. For some of you that actually get hard on yourself, and I'm one of those, I get hard on myself. I feel as if sometimes, I'm being really honest right now, sometimes I feel like God's power is in me, so I should be able to do this. Or I should be smarter than this. And I get so hard on myself. Again, always this thought, God, you've given me this ability. I want to steward this. I want to maximize it. But I know now, I wish I knew earlier, in my weakness to come to the Lord and say, hey, this is too much. I'm surrendering this to you. What do you want me to do? If you tell me to take another step, I will. If you tell me to drop this, I will. But whatever it is, I'm surrendering it to you. Tell me what you want to do. Church, if you would do that, we... What's on the other side is amazing. The blessings on the other side of that trust is just incredible. The Bible actually says in Isaiah 41, it says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Stop being afraid of that hard thing. Stop being afraid of this hard season. It says, don't be discouraged and stop being discouraged. Says, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. Church, what's God saying right now? He's saying not to be afraid. This hard time, this hard season, this hard decision that he's with you. You are not alone in this. I know it feels like you're alone, but you are not alone in this. And the Lord, your God, your Father, right now in this moment, he is strengthening you. He is with you. 
you know, showing grace is hard, isn't it? But with God, all things are possible. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you've given us. God, I pray for everyone right now. Lord, I pray that you let them know that they can do hard things. Strengthen us all today. And God, I'm praying for those right now that feel disconnected from you. If that's you, you know who you are. Since worship, since this message, you just feel a tugging at your heart. And if you were to be honest, you just don't feel close to him. Maybe you once were, you've never felt that feeling of God being for you and with you. Some of you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. But right now in this moment, you just feel the tugging at your heart and that's the Lord saying, I want you. That's the Lord saying, I love you. That's the Lord saying that there is nothing that you can do to separate me from you, that I want you, that I want a relationship with you. And that's you, you want to start a relationship or perhaps refresh that relationship with the Lord. I'd love to pray for you right where you are, right in the kitchen, right in the living room, right now, wherever you are, if you can just repeat this prayer after me. And church out of encouragement, we can all repeat this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, in this moment, I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lead me and I will follow you. And God, thank you for what's next. I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's do a mighty hand clap.